Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this episode Frank and Andy celebrate reaching 200,000 downloads, the launch of the Data Channel, also known as Project Ringgate, and talk about the next thousand days. Enjoy the show. Hello, LinkedIn, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, my name is Frank Lavinia, and uh, that's right, I'm over here. I got to recenter myself because when I split the view of the screen, let me turn off the chat <laughs> overlay, get a little more real estate there. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, clearly, I've not had enough coffee. My name is Frank Lavinia, and to my immediate to my immediate left uh, is Andy Leonard, and I'm looking for Andy's. What happened to my card with you on it? Oh, it's okay, man. Well, it's Andy Leonard. <laughs> yes, it's me. <laughs> Um, so we're recording this. This is going to be an episode of, uh, impact quantum and I can't talk. This is going to be an episode of data driven that we're recording live and we're recording it live because one, we have a couple of three, uh, kind couple of three, uh, three, three announcements. This was largely inspired by uh, a live stream Andy did earlier today. So first off, let me start with, uh, this, uh, this, uh, will more than likely be the episode that will get us over 200,000 downloads. Woohoo! I say more than likely because it is a predictive model because <laughs> it right. hasn't happened yet. Uh, but if you see our run rate for episodes tends to be in the, um, uh, within the first uh, week or two, tends to be about 600 mm -hmm. uh, or six to 700, which is uh, actually triple than what, triple what it was a year ago, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's, it's mo it's gaining momentum it's accelerating yeah, exactly <laughs> right right and it's it's kind of a it's a long game like you know Absolutely. and i kind of you know there's a keto podcast list to called low carb md podcast mm. if you do keto i highly recommend um but i'm not going to bore people with that uh <laughs> but um the interesting thing is that he hit a million downloads right away and i you know, did that whole compare and despair thing, right? Which, of course, is, I think, the backbone of social media is compare and despair. Right? That's how they make really? their money. Are you uh, sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious. Apologies. Um, so, um, yeah. So, so I was like, but you know what? We're doing this podcast. We didn't think it would go more than be this successful. And I'm going to claim this success. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's ours, right? Um, and, and granted, dieting and, and health is probably a much wider market than kind of data science and AI. Sure. And that's okay, because we love our audience. Our audience, as far as I can tell, loves us. I <laughs> um, don't want to be so arrogant to go. Oh, it is a me. fantastic audience. I think not I only agree. are they smart, but they're also really good looking. I agree. I agree. That out there. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell Frank and I are both a little punchy. The ca the caffeine is kicking in. It caffeine is, is um, slowly kicking in. Yes. Almost 11 a.m. Eastern time where mm -hmm. you and I are and a Friday. And it's been, um, I know we won't talk the details, but I know it's been a phenomenal week or two really for you, Frank. Yeah. You've, uh, you've enjoyed some tremendous success. Long time uh, coming, a lot of work that you put into it, getting yourself ready. 
making yourself more valuable. And it's just really starting to, to show and pay off. Um, not quite pay off yet, but it's really close. I mean, that's it's a just, good segue, Andy. All of the all of the things are just kind of coming together. Yeah, I uh, right. I uh, meant to do that. It's almost like we planned it, which is totally <laughs> out of character for us. Kind of planning the show. <laughs> I jest, I jest. We do do some planning, but true. Most of the questions in the first episode when we talk to guests are completely ad hoc, um, and. Um, we've actually had, and this, this is something that surprised me. We've had a lot of good feedback about the last, uh, two shows, which have yes. deviated from kind of the more technical side of things and more into the project management side of things. Yeah. And we actually have another show we're recording next week with uh, a return guest. It'll be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting is, is that it's really resonated. And I was kind of thinking about that's, that's, you know, who, who gets excited about project management really? And. I yeah. think I know what it is, Andy, but go ahead. I, what is I don't it? Wanna... I think bad project management is something every IT professional and certainly data professional faces, hands down. Sometimes. And I think that's yeah. why, well, I mean, if you think back in your career, like you think about how just the percentage, right, of when more projects really well managed versus when they weren't and i would say yeah. i would say it's a 70 30 split maybe 80 20 um yeah if you're that's lucky. about my experience and it's been you know for me it's been very polar um you and i both did software development in our mm -hmm. in our past and especially there i think part of it oh, was that probably yeah. i was new there was that i was younger and i needed the money and so I did VB. Good thing um, they didn't have OnlyFans back then, there, Andy. <laughs> and somewhere and for, the, for the parents out there who are listening in the car with their kids, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. They hopefully they won't get it. It's like those Looney Tunes jokes that just went right yes. over my head. Yes, you watch them again when you're older. You're like, wait a minute, what? Here the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, I was young, uh, younger, and you know. Most of my, in fact, statistically speaking, about a hundred percent of my life up to this microsecond, I've been younger. I'm just saying, but did I did software development there? I've kind of encountered heroes or zeros. Um, when I went into data, it shifted a little, Frank. I, it seemed like we had um, at, at again. I was I had grown older. That I'm sure part of the mix, but it seemed like I. I ran into more heroes than zeros there. So it's almost like two stories for me, but they, the guests we've had are simply amazing. The um, Alex Castro show, we just posted a couple of days ago. I uh, almost finished his audio book. It's a short book. It's like two hours, but he really goes through. He doesn't, he doesn't exactly tell you how to collect the metrics or how to put them in into his uh, REM score is what he does there. But I wouldn't either. If I was uh, selling that, um, he does. Here's what he does tell you is he tells you what the metrics are. And, you know, and that it's eye opening enough. I, I would say it's enough to to whet my appetite to definitely recommend people go to the site and, and sign up for that. And the whole idea here is, is amazing statistic he begins with 
of of software projects or, or endeavors, IT endeavors inside of corporate America today, 50% fail. And when he starts putting some ROI, what he calls ROIC numbers on ar- around that, it gets crazy fast. Um, yeah, I, I listened to the first chapter and I'm like, oh my God, it, it is worse yeah. than I thought. <laughs> And so when he starts talking and he saves this to around the three quarter mark, but when he starts talking about, Hey, we should invest in, you know, this doing the REM score thing, walking through the exercises. Um, he, he, he uses a, shares a use case where it took nine months and it costs, I don't think he went through the cost, how much it costs, but at the end of that exercise, they were able to just start that project and just check the boxes. They just went right through it. The schedule didn't slip. They didn't have change, you know, changes that surprised them. There were, you know, they didn't run into any of those options that our former guest, who's been commenting on this, I think on LinkedIn, Dave, um, Dave Wentzel oh, was mentioning. Away. Give it away. Oh, no, this was his former uh, thing oh, he's okay, been okay. commenting on. Yeah, he's, I didn't say anything. He's, I can't pronounce that person's name, but it's like Dietz. Dietzel's law, Dietzel's law. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, Dietz. Yeah, yeah. This was something that, yeah, about um, about access and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's they. You know, there's ten percent of the stuff that's really easy, eighty percent that you can work through, and the other ten percent is flat out impossible. Right. And you know, how many of those? How many of that ten percent? Well, you look at it and you go, well, it's ninety percent, right? That's not how this works. it's not you have to hit yeah really you have to hit 100 percent to make this thing go and you know it's it's just fascinating to kind of step back um take the statistics um out of it just a bit i mean i know that sounds crazy well i think there's a fallacy and i'm sorry i cut you off that's okay go ahead project management or software development certainly software development i think you can argue whether it's better or worse than data, it's probably worse than AI, but uh, I'll, I'll drop that there. But definitely with software engineering, it's not a linear thing. Like getting from yeah. zero to 80 probably takes, you know, w- w- there was a joke that, you know, getting your project 90% done takes uh, 50% of the time. The remaining 50% is that f- the final 10%. That's fair. Or, or, yeah. or, or, or from 90 to 98, and then the final 2% takes forever. Like it's kind of like that... Um, is it Xenon's yeah. paradox or Xenon's paradox? I I know what you're talking the about. The thing with the turtle. I can't the remember half. the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is why co- coffee is important. I almost said coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I this get it. You, if you're just tuning in, this is why we have a British uh, voice uh, accented uh, AI or and or voice actress um, as lead in the show because it kind of makes it a little less East Coast. Yeah, that's all. Of course, Andy doesn't have an accent at all, but not me. You know, I'll just leave that there. Well, I have my coffee <laughs> and we tool. <laughs> we describe that. Uh, we describe ourselves that way to some of our guests on uh, previous podcasts. I, I say I'm the one that doesn't have an accent. Right. So you can keep us straight that way um, when we're doing the interview. <laughs> it's a hoot. It's something Frank had the perfect reaction there. If it makes you giggle, great. If it doesn't, you're doing it wrong. Just straight up. You are. Life's too short. Get over the accent thing. 
Um, but um, so it's not linear, and I think there's an assumption yeah. that it's that it's linear. Like so, so here here's a tale of two projects, and this might that sounds like a good name for a LinkedIn article. A tale of two projects. Um, yeah. Two projects I were on that that kind of stand out. One was um, a project I worked on in Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. It was for the original name was Money Shelf. Um, eventually, they changed it. It was a startup. It was a retail banking portal, uh, wholly owned subsidiary of Deutsche Bank, um, and said so, you know pretty big initiative, multinational. It was meant to work in Germany, uh, Spain, Italy, Switzerland, and um, Belgium. And um, yeah, that that was that was kind of the phase two and three rollout. Phase one was Germany. Okay. Um, gotcha. My, many stories could be told from my time there, but um, the thing that really impressed me was the requirements that mm-hmm. we were given, right? And this they were still printed on paper, if you can believe that. So, so somebody actually hand drew what the forms and the pages and the site should look like. Wow. And then wrote out what everything should do, right? Wasn't perfect. No, but no, but my gosh, there, like you look at the yeah. form and there were a couple of times when you, you know, I would, you know, call over my team lead and be like, all right, well, what do they mean by this? And then, you know, we'd go to the, the people who wrote it and it's like, well, I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. Now that was awesome. Right. So those were wireframes, I think is what the cool kids call them with requirements on them. Yes. Fast forward to um, from 2000, 2001 to 2005, 2006, about when I met you, actually. Right. Right. When I was in the midst of the worst project I'd ever been on. I remember you talking about that. Oh, my. It wasn't pleasant. It was most unpleasant. So don't want to give away any names. Right. But um, it was for a local university local being within an hour's drive how how we genericize it that uh pretty pretty big university uh in the richmond metro area oops no um fortunately (laughs) there's several so you can use your imagination this was this was the idea was an organizational behavior organizational networking type uh initiative and it was all we had were the wireframes so we had the project manager who was nicknamed Captain Chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah, this then this is how said project manager got the nickname Captain Chaos because uh, would just basically walk around and draw up what the application should look like. Okay. And handing it around and saying, saying that those were the requirements. That doesn't seem like enough shockingly it wasn't that's crazy and, uh particularly in this because ultimately this was an organizational networking type project so the idea was kind of kind of um linkedin basically before linkedin right you know, mm. and and at this point in time um myspace was the social network right was you know it was right. what facebook and all these things are today um right. So, and they were very cautious because the, the, the researchers didn't want to call it a social network. They called it an organizational network. So the idea was you would figure out, you would, you would, the gist was you would send out these questionnaires and the idea was to work with industry as well as academia 
and people in companies would answer basic questions about who they who they knew in their company versus how many people they interacted with. Okay. And the idea was to kind of suss out these internal networks inside of a company, right? Okay. All very noble, all very fascinating work. It's a great However, plan. What could possibly go wrong? Well, here's the thing. If you're working with academia, they're not exactly experts on project management. So oh. neither, neither was the people, the consultants who were brought in I see. either. So like I, I was on this project briefly and I had a lot of, um, there was some animosity between me and, and Captain Chaos. And I can imagine why. Well, no, this is even before all this, right? So, oh, okay. and there, 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 there's reasons real and imagined, I think that is. But that having been said, I sure. basically said to my manager at the time, good guy, by the way, real stand-up guy. Um, and I said to him, I was like, yeah, this, this, when I saw the requirement, the requirements document were basically a bunch of wireframes and kind of nebulous concepts, which I was like, I raised the red flag. And now I probably should have raised the red flag a little louder. But then again, because there was such animosity between this person and me, he just dismissed it as you're just saying that because it's X. And oh. so I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I at that point I was like, I did my part. Okay. Right. But, you know, I'm going to sit back at my popcorn and watch this unravel. Now that was bad karma. That was a bad decision on my part. It was very immature. You're talking about being mature. Um, because one, it's bad karma, right? <laughs> Two, yeah. Um, or whatever it is you believe in, right? Like that's not the point, right? Right. <laughs> being right. a jerk is still being a jerk. Period. And um I paid for that. Now, how I paid for that? I got pulled into this project. After, it, after its first crash and burn. And I say first crash and burn because there were about four crashes and burns. Um, Ow, Frank. Each one exponentially worse than the one before. And a lot of it was the fact there really were no requirements. The things that were being called requirements were wireframes. Yeah. And I think that, I think that, that, that you know, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole that and, and therapy <laughs> via live stream. <laughs> uh, but I mean, ultimately, it boiled down to he's right like you know both these two guests alex and and christopher both touching on that which i think is something that we can all relate to we all have this project fun fact co-author on my first and thus far only published book uh was was on me on that project and and um basically anyone who had touched that project was basically considered untouchable at said consulting firm, oh wow which well, i then left but if you if you're on linkedin you can probably figure out who it is with the figure out all this stuff sure so, you know sure. but that's not the point the point is is that um project management i think is assumed to be linear uh one thing that i remember hearing when i was when i was overseas was that german kind of project management mm -hmm. tends to be very you plan things to the extreme sure and then your you know your implementation time is shorter right um is that a hundred percent true? I don't know, but I would say that based on these two experiences, that you know, one day in planning, yeah, equates to potentially weeks, sometimes even months, uh, an implementation. You know, that is a. I 
Well, I was going to say that is a hard thing for software developers to learn. Absolutely. But he, I was, I, it was, maybe it was just me. No, no, I'm ADHD no. and it was, I, I was at, at, you know, that point in my life where I made the jump from coding in VB mostly over into, uh, and VB six, by the way, not .NET. It was before .NET, right about the yeah. time .NET was coming out. Right. Um, I became, uh, I was an MCSD actually for a while. And, um, it's Microsoft right around certified that solutions developer for those one yeah. acronym. And there's still, I think, I don't know if that's still valid or not. I don't know. I think they the, changed it a few times, but it's basically like, but, but yeah, you were a big deal. You were smart. You I was smart. I, I just, I took the tests and you know, anyway, it was what it was. The, um, the stopping and thinking, even if, you know, a day is extravagant, uh, even now. Right. But just do it for 15 minutes or an hour or right. sit down with the team and whiteboard this, right? Yes. And it's what the craziest things happened, right? So we'd go into a scrum meeting and without announcing or not, not a scrum meeting, but we were looking at setting up the burn down. That's about an hour a good hour, two hours, depending on the complexity of the project. But the whole idea is you, you start on the whiteboard and you put the end, you know, the round, I'm, my camera's making me back, but you start on the right and you work your way back to the left. Right. And it spiders out, right? It, it's not a line. It starts here and it starts doing all of this bifurcation. And at the end of that, you've got a fair outline of, like the high level uh, tasks that are going to be assigned to one to three day stuff that if you're doing scrum, that's what you do. We also encountered a couple of things where it was like scrum is not the right way to approach this. That was rare because mostly we were developing, but I can remember one or two efforts where we were uh, tuning. I think that one comes to mind. We were performance tuning and the reason that Scrum didn't work for that is because you just didn't know what the next effort was going to unpack. Right. You didn't know what you were going to find. So you could still do, I, I heard somebody once say Scrum, but, Scrum, but. <laughs> we're doing Scrum, but we're not doing this way. You know, we're not doing burndowns. We're not doing standards, whatever. Right. Scrum, but I think that's kind of the approach we took because we like the cadence. Um, and you got to go with what works. But yeah, I, I totally, a couple of things came out of the story while you were telling it there. One is um, maybe we could fix that whole first one and only book thing. I totally should do that. that that's totally on me. I have some ideas, I, you know, but ideas to quote Gary Vaynerchuk are, well, I'm not going to say the word, but Gary Vaynerchuk used colorful language, but basically referred to them as feces and sure. execution that matters so one that's the only thing but while we're on the topic of kind of self-improvement gurus which you said yeah, yeah. something that they all say almost all of them say have the common thing i'm a self-improvement guru junkie right i could tell you that if you had to boil down their their um uh all their messages to like one sentence it's start with the end in mind and what 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 i think particularly with software development, I think also with, with data and AI projects as right. well, is you start with the end in mind. What do you want to build? What are you trying to do? Right. What is that? And, and, and then work backwards from there, which is basically right. what you just said. Think through that. Right. 
And then I would say the third step is execute on it. And that's something you and I keep encouraging each other on. And folks, some folks look at the stuff Frank does and the stuff that I do. I know because I get these questions. I know Frank gets the same questions. Like, how do you get so much done? Right. And it's like every day we do something. <laughs> that's, right. that's what the whole thousand days is about. Right. Which is a great segue into the next segment. Um, Talk so, about so, the thousand days, Frank. Right. So I'll, I'll put a bow on the previous uh, part on, on kind of why I think project management mm -hmm. is resonating because it's something that everybody has to deal with. Um, yes. You know, because somebody up, oh, somebody always has a boss and they're going to want to report progress. And I think that that's probably why this data driven approach, which is a great name for a podcast, by the way. Um, um, I mean, now that we have the data, we can collect the data. We have numbers of years of like, well, this worked, that didn't work. I think that. Right. I think that's the next logical step. So thousand days. So the background on this thousand days thing was um, I was um, I was laying in bed and kind of half awake and I get a notification on my phone. And it was a clubhouse uh, notification. And now yeah. clubhouse is on. Uh, can I do this? Yeah, I can do this with this window. Uh, clubhouse is on um, Android now. So you don't have to be just what? on that. Yeah, it's on Android now. I'll have to sign up. I've been avoiding it because I couldn't get it to work. <laughs> it was, you know, what's weird is that it was the hot thing when it was kind of invite only and then right. just iOS only. And even then, uh, I have an older iPad it wouldn't work on. So it became oh, like wow. this whole, yeah, it became this whole like thing where I there was one on device in my possession I was able to listen to Clubhouse on. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going there now. Um, got my phone. I'm doing the there was this notification and what you can do is you can follow people and i think my name in there is frank Diggs data i should probably know that um but anyway i get an i i, I signed up for notifications when grant cardone is speaking grant cardone someone andy and i've talked a lot about we won't bore you with the details so i get this notification and it was like grant cardone is speaking and i'm like oh that's pretty cool and it was on this uh this group called um breakfast with champions hmm. and um they, this lady who was on, I forget her name, um, Grant Cardone was talking and he basically, apparently uh, it was, uh, what's her name? Something, here we go. It was Danielle Delgado. Okay. So apparently Danielle Delgado and Grant Cardone were our friends and they were at the house and then this guy, whose name I totally blanked out on. Um, fortunately, Wait, I haven't. you sent it to me. Glenn Lundy. Yeah, uh, yeah. They took a picture, and it was a couple of years ago, and it was basically him saying, um, you, he, he came with, it was about a thousand days ago, basically. And then he kind of had this revelation while he took the selfie, and he told Grant Cardone, he took a selfie with Grant Cardone and then this lady, um, and said, you know, I'm going to be successful, or something like that. And he kind yeah. of had this epiphany. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, he goes, well, you know what? For the next thousand days, I'm going to do this. He, he explains the whole story better than I think I can. Sure. And I was like, and then basically she came on and she was speaking. Grant and her were speaking and they were talking about how, you know, if you just improve a little bit every day for a thousand days, yeah. you would be shocked to see how your life goes. And I just, wow. I don't know, for some I'm, reason. I'm that, taking my profile picture, Frank. For the... You're taking your profile picture. Cool for um clubhouse. clubhouse yeah and uh wow it looks just like me gosh figure that 
funny that. Go ahead. Uh, the next no, thousand no, no, days. No. So, so what would picked, your life be like if you did this for the next thousand days? Right. And you just pick three things. And I think they, um, I wrote it down because it was that good. And um, assuming I could find it. Right. So basically pick three things you're going to do for the next thousand days. And for me, I chose live stream, workout, and fast. So I do intermittent fasting, okay. right? Again, a keto thing. I'm not going to bore you with the details. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, how would your life change if you did that? And it doesn't have to be anything big. I mean, I streamed yesterday for like 10 minutes because I had, you know, 10 minutes of time. Yeah. And um, I had a great conversation with folks who joined the live stream. And that's something that would not have happened. Now, multiply that times a thousand you kind of get the vibe of what it is. So that that's that's yeah. kind of it. And then you even came up with the sequel script to figure it out. I was lazy. I asked Alexa to figure it out for me. Like, hey, what's, <laughs> that's you know. a, well, that was smart, actually. I just, uh, I've got a bunch of sequel scripts that I keep around. One is people uh, probably know, if you're regular, you know this. If you're not regular, it's okay. Welcome, by the way. Become a regular. Yeah. Uh, subscribe and all that. Um, but, we consider we start our year November 1st. So this mm -hmm. is New Year's week for Frank and right. I. And I've got an old script from way back and I just update the next November 1st. And I started counting down with, uh, you know, I just updated the date to 2022 and it tells me how many dates are between there. Frank and I will share this back and forth. It's a way we encourage each other. We'll say there's so many days left. Like now right. there's what, 360 days. 361. Until all 361 till yeah. November 1st. And, and, you know, and we're doing it 997 to July 29th, 2024. That's a thousand. Mm -hmm. And we just keep hit because this may be hard for you to believe. So are you seated? Frank and I are not up and firing on all cylinders all the time. Sometimes we get down for various reasons and we need encouragement. And what you know I love about it. Why is that, Frank? Because we're human. We are human. <laughs> That's despite why. evidence to the contrary. <laughs> and, but absolutely, we, we are human and we're, we're up some and down some. What almost always happens is when one of us is down, the other one is up. And we just, every day, literally every day, we're communicating and reminding each other and saying, Let's go get it. And, you know, if Frank does something that he can't share publicly, that was a big win for him. He can hit me and I always do that. You know, I do a love it or a applause or something back to him and vice versa. Do the same thing. So it's a if you don't have a friend like like that, like Frank. Uh, go go find a friend like Frank. I just have should to start like a group on Facebook or LinkedIn. That's like a private we, group where if you need that sort of thing, you know, cool. the uh, mastermind idea. Yes. Leaps to mind um, because we've reached that point where we give away a lot. Don't get me like right. this. This is free. We give away a lot, but it's gotten to that point where I don't, I don't know about you, Frank, but I I'll say it this way. I won't be able to stay married and give away more. <laughs> you know, it's just not because my relationship's in trouble. It's not. But it's just because there's so much going on right now. And I've, I've already kind of time boxed stuff. And you did, too. 
you actually inspired me to do that. And I just chop it off, you know, at a certain time every night. Oh, hey, Vanessa. Vanessa. Welcome. Oh, that that's group? awesome. awesome. She's cool. She she and I are in a, another class with Lillian Pearson. Oh, um, neat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in uh, she's Welcome, awesome. Vanessa. She's nice a, to meet you. Uh, data scientist, SQL expert, and um, mostly self-taught, I think. Um, you know, the uh, uh, so many people are, are, are self-taught in this. I was going to say the best, um, and that's my experience. <laughs> and Vanessa, my I got that wrong because I know you have a degree as well, but I, um, I'm not sure if the, which came first. But um, Vanessa is definitely, definitely, she's really cool. Super smart. We should get her on the show. Totally. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's um, set up an interview and do yeah, totally. join us on Data Driven or Impact Quantum, wherever you're. There you go. Wherever awesome. the fun is. Awesome. I'll send you an IM. I, I, we have this fancy Calendly thing going on now, which um, my Power Apps integration needs a little TLC. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, oh, the business degrees. Oh, cool. cool. So you understand both sides of things. Cool. Um, but no, so, 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 so there was an interesting thing. It might have been a Ty Lopez Instagram post. Now, I know... Ty Lopez is hard. Well, it's very easy to think of more polarizing people than Ty Lopez, but um, <laughs> just flip on the news, right? Um, but Ty Lopez, people love him or they hate him, right? And I will yeah. admit, I when I first saw this guy, and you've probably seen him on YouTube because he was in a lot of the ads, like you know, yeah, he, he's an acquired taste. He is an acquired taste, but once you acquire it, it's like I get it, I get his wisdom. Right. Listen to, go to his podcast, go to the first couple episodes. And you will go, literally, if I went to a podcast meetup, this is way back in 2017. Wow. I went to a meetup at, where we actually go in person. You believe that? No masks, no nothing. What? Uh, it's it. It's like, seems like a, a lifetime ago. It does. Um, Four times. And this, this lady who, um, she was retired um, uh, captain in the army or, or corporal. She, she was in JAG, right? Basically a lawyer, right? A, okay. a, a lawyer. And um she's like oh my favorite podcast is ty lopez and i'm like what because at the time ty lopez was known for you know showing off his lamborghinis being amongst scantily clad women um and i was surprised that, that this was her her favorite podcaster and i'm like really yeah and then she kind of did this explanation and she goes just listen to the first three episodes you'll know right away and the first three episodes, this guy that all I had known him for was like, you know, he was on a treadmill desk going, like, hey, I love yeah. books. I love my Lamborghinis too, but books are really important. But the way he did it was just so like, like cringy. But yeah. then you listen to him and you listen to more than just the first couple of minutes. Like the guy is super smart, like super motivated. Yes. I mean, just really wise. And one of the things that, uh, getting back to it, cause you, uh, you know how we are about the rabbit holes, right? <laughs> um, is um, if clocks work the other direction, in other words, instead of counting how many hours since midnight, minutes and hours since midnight, it worked the other direction where you saw a countdown, you would treat your time differently. Wow. That's, I, that is wise. And I was like, that kind of stuck me. So ever since then, I, I've been doing like the, you know, how many days until next year or how many days until this. Like, right. If you think of time that way, you would be a lot. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do waste time. I, I binge watch Squid Game. You know, I binge watching now another show on uh, Apple TV because I got a free three month subscription. Nice. Uh, Invasion and found and Foundation were both pretty interesting. But 
Yeah, I I saw the reviews about Foundation and they kind of scared me. And I don't have it's kind of mixed. So. It's kind of mixed. Like yeah. I kind of like it. There's some things I like about it, and there's some things that are just like they're trying too hard. They're trying to Apple's trying to come up with their own Game of Thrones type thing, their own Doom gotcha. type thing. Yeah, it's, I get that. And that actually foundation would work for that. You could probably yeah. pull that off. And they're trying. Like, okay. you know, it's 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 okay. That's all I'll say. It's okay. Gotcha. I mean, it's, it's fun enough yeah. to watch. You know what I mean? Gotcha. It's, it's it's not. And and it's also its first season too. So let's see if they get a second season and they find their legs. Right. If you look at like the the great shows of the past, like you know Star Trek, and yeah, next. Oh generation, yeah, right? first, first season. season was- well, I take that back. The original Star Trek. I actually watched the first season not long ago, um, and I don't have time to binge watch. I watch about an hour of TV a day now, and that's right. about. 59 more minutes than I used to watch. Okay. Right, right, right. But yeah, the first season of Star Trek had some incredible episodes in it. Like, well, that show's know, kind of like its own. Like, that's kind it really of its is. Own thing. But it, I meant like the next generation, even Deep Space no, I Nine, get you. which is one of my you. favorite shows of all time. The first step, right. the first season is a little like they're trying to find their sea legs. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yeah, I'd love to, you know, I did that. I watched Squid Games. I didn't binge. It took me like two weeks, I think, to watch it. Um, and yeah, I was, it was a couple of us in the house that wanted to see it. So we kind of timed it where others were out. I'm just not, I don't have to watch, you know, one thing after another, after right. another. The last thing that I watched that was any time involved with it was uh, Longmire. And it is a, it's a set in, um, Durant, Wyoming. It's based on a series of books. I want there's like almost 20 books, maybe more than 20 books. <clears throat> and I was I enjoyed the show. I, I won't say you know everybody that watches this is going to enjoy it, but it struck a couple of chords with me. One of them that won't strike with you is my dad, um, who passed away a couple of years ago, was a big Louis Lemore fan. And oh. He wrote it's, called the wild guy, right? Is that- no, he was uh westerns. Jack he London. was writing Sorry. westerns. Sorry. That's okay. That was Jack. What was his last name? Jack, Jack London. London. Right? Yeah. yeah, Jack London did that. Great books. He wrote a couple of great books. And they worked him into Star Trek The Next Generation and maybe one of my favorite episodes. The one where they had Mark Twain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack yeah. London was also in that episode. That was just That's well right. written. Some of those episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation were as good, if not better, than some of the movies. I was going to say some. (laughs) (laughs) But I I started reading the books. I'm on like book five of the Longmire series now. Mm -hmm. It's different. I mean, the characters, there's a lot of the same characters, but there's enough differences in it to keep it interesting. And I just, I don't know. I don't know why I like it, but I do. So I probably um, won't watch another hour of TV until the expanse premieres at this point. Like I, I kind of do that. Like when is that December 10th or December 16th? The book, the last book comes out on the 30th. Right. And I was reading the description of the book. Sorry, we're down a rabbit hole That's as okay. I wear my Martian congressional Republic Navy hat. We're looking um, for a way to work that in. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about, The Expanse is a series um, set about 200 years in the future. Um, and we'll get to the what that means for the final topic of today's show. That's uh, true. What we've been calling Project Ringgate. And that There's actually comes segue. from... That's a segue. Not just the kind you write around. No. Um, so <laughs> the, um, 
yeah so it's, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of this there's a lot i think going on in that book but ultimately it's kind of like the earth mars has been colonized in its own independent country and then there's the people who live in the belt who kind of are mostly neglected and or abused by both earth and mars yeah um and mars kind of started off as you know we're gonna tell the un what to do because there's just number of catastrophes there's only one government on earth and then they kind of start becoming kind of the the bullies out in the belt too so they're not they're not perfect either so as it would it's interesting it's an interesting dynamic between kind of these three different parties if you will and um that kind of inspired us uh to create the data channel um which um i will share my screen once again which um, is live which is live you um, can find us in the app store that's right and Any app like store. right play google play the apple itunes uh yeah there it is the only one not up is android tv right but the rest of these we are there we are there. I should probably double click on that later and find out why that is. So the cool thing about this is that this ultimately kind of and, and why why we called this project Ringgate was because I was on a call back when I was at Microsoft and uh, with uh, all the people in MTC US. MTC US is probably one of the most elite teams at Microsoft. Shout out to my former colleagues. Um, and we we had gotten a free subscription to a service, I <laughs> won't we'll name them. Um, and ultimately, the um, um, bunch of us asked, like, well, how do we become authors on this platform? Mm. And the answer we got, and I don't think it was meant with ill intent. I just think they just, the people didn't, the salespeople didn't know who they were talking to. They're like, well, we're very selective about, you know, who we get to be as authors. And that rubbed me, apparently, a few other people too, the wrong way. Um, so that kind of got me that kind of stuck. It was like a rock in my shoe. Like I just didn't, mm. you know, I consumed the content on the platform. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can probably figure out exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, this thing, I'm like, you know, and 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 then um, there was another platform that I think has also gotten kind of too big for the britches too. And I thought, what if there was a, a, a training site or a streaming service that was more by the people in the field? You know what I mean? Not just these kind of these quasi-academic types mm -hmm. that made this content more approachable, more approachable in terms of financing it, you know, costing, you know, cost and things like that. Sure. And, in and available. Field, and available on all these platforms, right? right? <clears throat> uh, which not all these, not all these are. You can't watch linkedin learning on tv now yeah i guess you can do an airplay thing but you can't sure. right you can watch a plural site for instance on fire tv but you can't mm -hmm. watch it on roku i don't know why and if you do a search for roku plural site there's this really odd result you get like we are no longer available in the roku store like not sure why but just the phrasing of it just tells me that there's a good story behind that one the data um, channel is, and we're, is. we are, I think, competitively priced right now. Absolutely. Um, the subscribers that have signed up have gotten um, good deals that I believe, Frank, are they for life? They I are think for they life. are. Yeah. So, so as long as you don't cancel, you get that, that rate forever. The yearly rate, you know, it's just a, it's just a great deal. 
And when you look at it right now, it looks like, you know, you may look at that and go, wow, the data channel is, looks like it's just a bunch of people getting started. And they, the reason is we're a bunch of people getting started. started yeah. That's it. We're not going to hide that. We're going to own it. Right. Um, but you wait. The we're Frank and I both are thinking a few, you know, a few steps ahead every time. Uh, Frank's a much better chess player than me. But, um, you know, we're we're doing things like thinking about hitting November 1st, hitting July 29th, 2024. What are the steps between here and then? That's where our vision is. And well, that's how Dingo came about. Exactly. Dingo came about when I yeah. was like, you know, how do I. How do I scale? Blog creation. Right. And I had a bunch yep. of other hacks and things like that that. I still will intermittently use, but but you, yeah, you had tinkered around with this right. idea before the components of this idea, and I remember us talking about it. And I don't, I don't know if it helped or hurt or whatever, but I remember fussing at you about it. I'm like, come on, <laughs> get this stuff going. But I mean, you know, ultimately, I mean, that's kind of what we are, and that's what we call a Project Ringgate because in the world of the Expanse. There is a I don't want to spoil it for you, but but there's something called the Ringgate that forms. I, what season four season three uh yeah something like that yeah um and that kind of i don't know was it early? it may have been earlier than that in the show i think it was still on sci-fi when it came on so i think it was season three okay because season but yeah the idea is you go through this right and you're in this other space and it's again we won't spoil it but i'll just say there it goes through some drama and then another thing happens and it turns out that there are over 1300 gates that open out of this space and go into other solar systems that are habitable. And it really wrecks the dynamic, uh, especially for Mars. Uh, right. Cause Mars is in the middle of a big terraforming effort. And yeah. So, so we, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the analogy is that this thing we changes want the balance this. of power. Right. In the solar system. And I want data channel, not just to be a streaming service, although that's what yep. it is. Yep. Um, but also approach kind of learning as more of a streaming service as a streaming service activity rather than kind of this traditional, you know, no disrespect. I've been, you know, to lynda.com or LinkedIn. Like I've been consumers. Sure. I remember getting CDs that were like two, 3000 a pop for courses yeah. on Photoshop in the nineties. Yeah. And those were like, those were like gold, like platinum. Like I would watch them. Yeah. I'd borrow them. I'd like, be glued to the the to the crt monitor <laughs> you know um and you know so CRT. so ultimately that that that's kind of the um so so i think that the, the world has evolved in terms of how we learn pandemic i think through fire on that uh through gasoline on that fire yeah um, but ultimately i want to change the way that's done i want to change how content's created that's why we thought Ringgate would be an appropriate type of um yeah metaphor and it's growing slowly, but we're getting more content out there, getting more content ready. After mm -hmm. that, we're brainstorming. We've, we've got another brainstorming session that is brewing. It's It would be interesting, maybe, to see how these things go. But it starts with a stream of text back and forth. Hey, we need to get together. Hey, we need right. to talk. Right. <laughs> and, and eventually, we get together and, and I fill up pages of notes on uh, ideas and stuff to execute on. Um, speaking of that, we do have, uh, let's see, we've talked about Ringgate. We've talked about the podcast um, 
the, the coming up on 200,000, which is just yes. incredible. I was trying to think, is there anything else we need to talk about, Frank? Did we I want to talk that's about it. I would I say that, that, um, that with Vanessa, uh, who was commenting earlier, um, yeah. I told her about the idea of Ringgate pretty early on, like last December-ish, maybe January. Yeah, we started about then. Yeah, yeah it was like November, December, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there isn't, we are talking about a third podcast um that is that's right we didn't mention that didn't mention the third podcast so so part of what we've been able to do with dingo and kind of the automation systems that we have is have the ability to produce more content and now you know more shows are data driven certainly a great idea (laughs) yeah if you notice we've been keeping to a much more regular um uh cadence we've also (laughs) thank you vanessa Vanessa. (laughs) we agree It feels great. It felt great to finally hit the publish button on that and get that sorted out. Um, but um, but yeah. So 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 one of the things that I think that is is become increasingly more important. Obviously, we started the uh, Impact Quantum podcast, right? Which is kind mm-hmm. of, you know, when I was looking around for materials to learn about quantum computing, there was really a shortage of ones that are geared towards software developers or data people, right? And yeah. so that that kind of was the rationale for that. I also think that the recent announcements and even before the recent announcements i was talking with noel silver who uh i work with at microsoft and at another company um very smart lady you know she she was uh, one of the original engineers on alexa she she so she 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 has her finger on the pulse of kind of what's coming next mm-hmm. she's obviously been in ai for a while too um and um she was telling me that she'd got an oculus rift this is like back in september and we were kind of having, an, again, similar text uh, conversation with her. And she was telling me how great Oculus was. And I was like thinking like, I don't know, like, you know, and it was uh, based on her uh, Oculus Quest. I'm sorry. Oculus <laughs> Quest 2. Sorry. Right. No, I don't. That's the only reason I typed that into our No, no, no you're right. You're right. Let me <laughs> hold on one second. I'll go get it. Okay. Yeah, so Frank has picked this up, and um, my sons have both got one now, right. and they so, they're working uh, working around with them, playing playing around, goofing off. And so, between Frank and my boys, I'm like, I need to get me one of these. Yeah, I mean these things. I mean, what's interesting about this? Actually, Costco sells them now too. Actually, um, um, so I mean, if something goes mainstream, it's probably going to end up in Costco, right? True. Um, I actually picked up. Uh, where is it? It's very easy to misplace these things, I guess. But <laughs> um, at Wegmans, which is a supermarket on the East Coast, um, they had uh, VR goggles that you just drop your phone in. Right. And that was like $20, right? So this is, you know, $200. But when I last looked at this space, I was at a Microsoft store in Bethesda. And... Um, and uh, it was closer to six, seven hundred dollars. Plus, you needed a, yeah. a high-end PC yeah. to run it, right? So it was like, right. and there was always the Hololens, right? Like, you know, um, Hololens somewhere between three thousand dollars and four thousand dollars, depending. Yeah, and, and I've, I've I've had a Hololens on. I've played with a Hololens. It's an awesome tech. Three grand is a heavy lift, um, but for two, three hundred dollars, it's not. And I tell you, like, the well was right. Like it there is something to it now for context i've been playing around with vr off and on 
oh my god maybe 20 20 30 years right so <laughs> you know my first vr experience was about the same time as the lawnmower man came out they had an arcade right. in what uh the south street seaport in new york city and for five dollars you can get two minutes in this vr headset and kind of look around and it was all polygons like it wasn't anything fancy but i was fascinated with it a couple of years later it surfaced at a nightclub in new york and you know and then vrml came out mm -hmm. and i put some stuff on frank's world about with vrml and then after in 2002-2003 they had um adobe atmosphere which was kind of this world building experience yeah i did a lot with that i built a replica world trade center built a little old west town back on that jack london louis l'amour uh theme <laughs> there uh built a number of worlds on there and that was really a fascinating kind of developer community adobe killed the product said that they were going to put 3d into uh, acrobat which it's 2021 still haven't seen it <laughs> um but so I've been playing around with this space off and on, and it's kind of always been like, it's just, it's like trying to light a match. You know what I mean? Sometimes it takes a few strikes. Yeah. This is the closest I've seen. I don't know if it's perfect because there's definitely some clunkiness around it and there's definitely sure. some privacy concerns given that Oculus is owned by uh, Facebook, which <laughs> did the Philip Morris thing, right? Their name was so damaged uh, public perception wise that they had to change their name. Um, Richmond folks will get that because Philip Morris is a major um, employer in, sure. in that area. Um, but um, it's, an, it, it, it's an interesting concept. And I've been playing around with uh, their Horizon, their workspace. I've even streamed a few of it live because I'm so proud of myself. I figured out how to get that up piped through LinkedIn Live. Um, it's definitely very cool. And there's definitely things about it that I think work. Now, the question is, yeah. what's the killer app? Right. Right for, right. for the Internet, it was probably email for the web. It was e-commerce um, for mobile. It was probably social um, for VR, AR. I don't know what it's going to be. And that's exciting because we're still yeah. early in on this. And I've created a few worlds. I've actually started building a, a virtual World Trade Center in Facebook Worlds, uh, Facebook Horizon. Nice. Um, there's definitely something there. So we're going to start another podcast. The website is is up, but it's I'm still trying to. If you've ever worked with WordPress, right, it's awesome <laughs> because you can start with a template. It's awful because the template has its own way and its own way of thinking about things. So you can't have to fight with the template. This is true on yeah. ImpactQuantum.com, right? ImpactQuantum.com. Yeah. There's still some oddities that are related to the um, uh, to the template. Now, part of that is I'm not a WordPress developer. I never even played one on TV. Uh, well, I would love to learn it, but again, I have AI, data engineering, kind of, so it pays the mortgage. Um, and your day job. And right? my day job, right? That's so, it. So yeah, it, yeah. It's one of those things where, uh, again, I, you know, part of this is, you know, well, giving away stuff for free is awesome. We've given a lot to the community, but also kind of like, I could probably hire somebody to do this off Fiverr or, or whatever, but again it's hard to justify until there's some kind of money coming yeah. in so you know um you help support the show we are working on a plan that if other people other than us come up with content for data channel we would do some kind of revenue sharing we're, we're trying to figure out what that would look like part of it is we wanted yeah. to launch and see what sorts of um uh as you know i'm big on automation there's no automated way to do that in the platform that we're using 
Not yet. Not yet. So, yeah. you know, what's that going to look like? You know, we want to see what happens when we don't want to promise something and then not deliver on it. Ultimately. Right. Yep. So in order to, to do revenue sharing the way we'd like to do it, mm-hmm. we need accurate counts of who's watching what. Right. We don't we don't really want actually all we need that that's all we need is the count. We don't need to know the list of names or what have you. We just need to know this person tuned in and right. they watched this show. So which is how the big that, players do it too. Like it is. I mean, how, it makes perfect sense, right? It's all driven by uh, by views, by eyeballs. Right. And so we want to do that. And we're looking at uh, just a, a bunch of different things that we might be able to do to be, I don't know, fair, I think is the right best word, right. maybe. You know, well, just also kind of keeping to that original spirit is, you know, we're trying to disrupt an existing kind of ecosystem that is coalesced into right. two, maybe three large camps. What What could we do to reimagine that? What could we do to... Um, yep. make this more accessible right yep and so we're looking at formats i, I love right. this idea doing the formats mm-hmm. the couple of formats that we've talked about i think are very compelling and um yeah i frank uh, frank had an idea the other day that just boggled my mind i was like oh. i did but yes no you you do this a lot but it was just a it was a beautiful thing because it was so it's an elegant very platformy driven perspective. Oh, yeah, that, no, I think I remember. I think you remember. I want I don't want to say it because it's I don't want people to I don't want to get out and people steal it. I'll, I'll have to talk to you later on the text. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, a great right. idea. Um so and it the thing is the seed for the idea, I remembered seeing a video that's like eight years old, <laughs> something that where another uh platform has kind of blossomed and flourished. So anyway, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, I'm excited because now that now that we have we're out and we have subscribers, we can kind of sort of see what the reports look like. We can send the the people we're dealing with are extremely communicative. So that was just and, and uh, you know Frank found them, and uh, like I said, like he said about a year ago around Thanksgiving, and we started chatting with them, and um, it took. It took a year, but just about to but get yeah, things I think 80% out. Eighty percent that was us, like you know. I, I, yeah, to be fair, it wasn't yeah. them. We had to do content. There was that. We had to figure out what we wanted to do. And as Vanessa said, it is nice to see it uh, in prod and, and moving forward. So now we've launched. We we get to tweak and see how it goes from here. But yeah, use Vanessa, those codes. Me. I'll, I'll get you a free code. You can access it. So I'll yeah I'll yeah ping me if that. I forget to uh, IMU, um, but here's our code. So if you go to datachannel.tv, I think you can do this in the apps as well, but I haven't found a way to introduce the coupon codes in the apps, yeah. but I, I will have to do some experimenting with that. But ultimately it's best thing to do is go to datachannel.tv. Uh, if you wanna pay 4.97 per month, uh, $4.97 per month, uh, just use launch 4.97 and it's, uh, $47 a year something like that for uh, the data, data channel, channel for, for life. life and that's right for life uh those are the two coupon codes uh we yeah. do have a limited number of those um but um you know and if you're now supplies are limited heck no <laughs> creating scarcity right um 
but I mean, ultimately, you know, we we kind of came to two price points that we yep. think we can we can launch with, we can work with, and then grow into. The mm-hmm. full price is like fourteen ninety seven a month, and whatever that time. Uh, one forty nine. There was some minimum that we had to yeah, charge in one of the stores. Charge. Yeah. So, in to make that fair, we had to charge that at all of them. So right. So we're we're learning. You know, if once we get a bajillion subscribers, maybe we can start dictating back to the stores. I don't. I don't expect that'll ever happen with a couple. We can of stream from our boats, from our yachts. There we go. We can build our own platform. We can build our own platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) that's uh, kind of what we did, Frank. When we think about it, right? right. As you were telling the story about it, it was kind of like it. It wasn't malicious by any stretch, but we just kind of looked at some of the the feedback. It's interesting. I know who Frank's talking about, and you probably do too. It's not hard to figure out (laughs) when he says they got the. you know, they got kind of the smarmy response, you know, where you have to be a pretty big deal. And like everybody at the MTC, I don't work there anymore, right? So I don't have to kiss anyone's, right. you know what, right? Like, they're everyone geniuses. at the MTC, everyone <laughs> at the MTC is a genius. Like, like yeah. for real. Like, and, and, and each one of them could be right up there with any one of their authors, guaranteed. And Not I was like, so... Here's the funny story is they actually reached out to me about 15 years ago and I shared the, um, I, I asked for feedback and anyway, went back and forth, got the contract and looked at it and I went, Eesh. and I asked a great friend at the time, a friend of ours who's passed away, Brian Moran. And uh, I said, how, uh, what do you think? And he said that if they enforce this, <laughs> You know, it's kind of going to cut into what, how you're living right now, how you're paying your bills. And I was like, oh, okay. I so also I s- had interviewed to be an author on their platform, and I was okay. accepted, actually. with uh, there was a Really? Example. I didn't know that. Uh, you know part of the story. You know how the story ended, because at the time I was working at a company. And again, you, you probably I do. Know. Okay, now I remember. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so this was them. So the, so I, I, I was all set to do a gotcha. course for them on might've been data binding in XAML, like some really weird niche kind of Silverlight mm-hmm. WPF thing. Um, and I was all excited about it. And then the company I worked for at the time, I got a phone call, I'm at my desk and um, they're like, oh, have you started that yet? And I'm like, no, I just got approved. And they're like, oh yeah, any money you make off that comes to us. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, it doesn't. He goes, yeah, yeah. And then, so the next oh, wow. two three days, there was the partner of said partner slash co-founder of said consulting company was trying to convince me why that's a great idea, and I was yeah. not convinced. If, if there was a um, uh, Morgan Freeman voiceover, and Frank was not convinced, um, <laughs> so I basically about the same time the second edition of my book would have come out too because they were trying right. to get the royalties on that and um, as well, and they were basically saying a book that I had written before even joining this company. They basically said, hey, you know, those royalties, we'll let you have the royalties you already earned and keep those. I'm like, well, thank you very much. Um, and anyway, yeah. I, so so basically I kind of did the math on it in the time and I was like, yeah, time it would take. And my son was like an infant at the time. And I'm like, the whole reason yeah. I'm doing it is to make money for the family. And if I have sure, to sure. get rid of most of that money, they'd let me keep some of it. And I was like, you that know was what? nice of them when you I think about up, it. I called very the company. Kind. 
it was very kind of them. Um, I called up the company and I said, I'm out because, I, you know, look, I want to do it, but not under these right. circumstances. I called up my publisher and said, I'm out of the second uh, edition of the book, too. Yeah. And which is a Silverlight book. So the timing of the publishing would have hit right about the same time as the Silverlight Apocalypse. So. Well, I, I said no at the in the end. Um, it was very interesting that I was asked. I, I found it very flattering. And I'm still friends with the founder. Um, and I we communicate every now and then just how things are going and stuff like that. I think it's awesome the success that they've had. Um, and uh, interesting side note is they asked uh, another lady to do the topic they wanted me to work on. And she did it. And for a few years, she would come up to me and say, thank you for saying no. That's cool. So I, I, the agreement we had was, I don't want to know how much money you make. Because I'm mm -hmm. sure she did well. And she probably did better than I would have done on that topic. She's amazing. So anyway. Um, so we got a bit of feedback from Vanessa on a private message. Uh, she's having a trouble accessing it at that URL. Um, Is it? Are you we, doing www, Vanessa? I, we got to fix that. Yeah, yeah I, I know I, that's I thought I fixed that. I thought I fixed that but it keeps coming back. So I'm, I'm working with their support to do that. Thank you for letting yeah. us know. If you out there in the audience have that problem, just follow the link on the show notes page or wherever you're listening to us. Yeah. That will have the link that would hopefully work. Yeah. The, I'll just try it again. Cause I did it this morning. Intermittently. It does it in edge. It does. Right. It works. In Chrome, it and does see, something else. In edge, it, it just is. flips right over because it figured it out. Yeah. But, and I've gotten feedback from the um, uh, from the team is apparently I set up the, the redirect to the domain wrong, which is totally not surprising uh -huh. because I deal with redirects on domains like once or twice, three times a decade. So like right, right. my knowledge of DNS is kind of, wait a minute, I do this, I do this, I do that. So it's, it's, it's totally on me. It's not their fault. We use Odium. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Odium. Um, they've been awesome and um they have been so yeah the, so there it is there's the url that so far seems to work every time for me uh, okay thanks vanessa for letting me know um vanessa says it's, it needs the www which probably sounds about right that's what i've encountered yeah which would jive with the fact that there's some kind of dns record that it would automatically yeah hunt for i i use i use godaddy for almost all of these and right. it will oh, it doesn't ask, it doesn't it, no it doesn't matter like it right it it's but it'll I ask I you which one you prefer i use domain.com yeah and i've got one over there but mm -hmm. i don't i haven't played with it enough to know but there, um it's 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 a setting i messed up i'm, I'm positive oh, okay so i just got to i have to look for that so so we'll get look there right we are we have uh impact quantum has been rocking uh we've got yes. some great guests um, Lynn Langett was actually the first person to be on both shows. Yeah. Um, and Wait, Brian um, Lanham. Brian Lanham was awesome. His book is yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. But with that, uh, we've been going on for about an hour. Wow. And it's uh, been so much fun. It didn't seem it like has. It has. And um, so thanks for Vanessa for tuning in, commenting live. If you have any questions yeah. or comments, let us know in a comment below. Uh, Subscribe. Subscribe, like, share, subscribe. Is that what the YouTubers yeah, always yeah. say? Um, and um, 
whereas if you want to get a audio book on us, you go to thedatadrivenbook.com. That E is very important. That So I was going to say, I did it this morning, and I'm sure everybody who watched my stream this morning went, hey, the E, you're missing the E. <laughs> well, I read turns- I saw it on your post. I didn't catch it live, and it was like, you know, be yeah. sure to spell the right, like, you know, and I'm like, what's he talking about? Like, how could you mess up the? And then I get to the I stream, like, dude, I've done the same thing. I've done the same thing. So uh, we're excited. We're super excited to announce kind of the data channel, um, kind of the 200,000 download mark, which... Um, According to my predictive models, we should hit whenever the show goes uh, live on the actual um, podcast feed, and um, and we are now we are excited about uh, Data Channel. And I was super excited that we got a couple of subscribers already. I was like, yes. I know, I'm like, digging it. I'm digging it too. So I just want to say thank you. And it does look if it looks like it's just a couple of guys starting out. We are just a couple of guys starting out. Walt yes, Disney. There's a reason. If he launched Disney Plus when he was still alive, before he made his first movie, it would have been sparse too. Um, mm. Obviously, Disney's not. <laughs> Disney has a vast content library, um, you know. But I mean, that's the, when I was kind of talking to, about this before we launched. I said, "Well, it's kind of like Disney Plus, but for data, or Discovery Plus, but for data." That's sure, kind of the sure. vision for it. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe a documentary or two will be in the works. Who knows? Fun stuff. Who knows? Um, that's all I got. Anything else, Andy? Nope. Awesome. Then we'll let the nice British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.